0: Good evening, it is 5pm and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, brought to you by CFRC's News Collective, Christina Laurie, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Lauren Tucker, Mary McKetty and Jesse Bell. I'm Christina Laurie, and here are your local news headlines. Kingston left with worse air quality in Ontario from Quebec wildfire smoke. Kingstonians woke up Tuesday, June 6th to find the city shrouded in a blanket of smoke as a result of the wildfires in Quebec and Northeastern Ontario. As wind carries the smoke east, smoke plumes from forest fires have resulted in deteriorated air quality across Ontario. Environment Canada reported on June 6 that Kingston had the worst air quality in Ontario at a level 10, the highest on the scale. These conditions have continued into Wednesday morning with air quality sitting at level 10. These conditions are expected to continue for at least the next few days with air quality projected to improve slightly on Thursday before deteriorating again on Friday. Many Kingston locals have been sharing images of smoke obscuring the city and their experiences over the past few days, reporting sore throats, irritated eyes, and other unpleasant impacts of the air quality. Environment Canada recommends that folks reduce or reschedule strenuous activities outdoors, especially if you experience symptoms such as coughing and throat irritation. In a statement issued by KFLNA Public Health, they recommended an N95 mask as an effective way to filter out smoke if you have to be outdoors. Here's a little bit of what Dr. Hua Xin Research Scientist in the Environmental Health Science and Research Bureau of Health Canada and Adjunct Associate Professor in the Department of Mathematics and Statistics at Queen's University had to say about the topic. I was wondering if we could start Mm -hmm. off by speaking just about some of the short term impacts on health from exposure to low quality air.
1: Yeah, we can think about short term exposure and long-term exposure. But if it is uh, related to forest fire, like the smoke these days, then it is uh, short-term exposure. So short-term is like a daily or hourly peak, but long-term exposure is overall uh, exposure as background. So even though there was some specific um, extreme events or episodes, but for long-term exposure, we are not considering a daily, hourly peak. So the uh, effect from short-term exposure is related to acute mortality or acute hospitalizations. However, long-term exposure would be related to chronic disease, chronic hospitalizations. So there is uh, some difference between short-term and long-term.
0: For longer-term impact, you were saying there, it's a more extended period of time being exposed, of course. Should events like this continue to happen throughout the summer, or folks find themselves outside for an extended period of time, when should they start worrying about
1: long-term impacts? Long-term, usually for long-term impact, we use annual exposure, but there are some different time window as well. My suggestion to avoid long-term exposure is Uh, Listen to the AQHI, that is uh, Air Quality Health Index and Kingston has it for every hour real time, you know, uh, forecasting. So if it is uh, high, then please uh, avoid going out, definitely. And if you are seniors or pregnant or uh, young children, then um, definitely, you know, avoid going out. Uh, whenever there is a high risk. So you don't need to know, you know, uh, what's the real concentrations, but if you know the index, it is from zero to 10, and the highest uh, uh, AKI is 11, or we just call it 10 plus, then um, if it is uh, higher than, eight or seven then um, i would avoid or cancel any uh, outdoor activity or meeting outside just uh, for myself and for my family or relatives and friends
0: thank you for that information and for those tips for folks to stay safe and healthy uh, do you have any other tips for folks in kingston and all over ontario who are currently experiencing a deterioration in air quality
1: yeah it's sad to see that Definitely keep watching the AQHI. Like uh, not every uh, hour, but um, maybe in the morning, in the middle of the day, and you know in the evening, when you plan to walk out for a short time period, you have to check the AQHI before you go out. Then that would be uh, you uh, uh, really protect yourself.
0: For more information about air quality and recommendations to protect your health, you can visit the Government of Canada website. South Frontenac invites applications for 2023 Lake Ecosystem Grants. South Frontenac Township is inviting lake associations and other not-for-profit community groups looking to make positive changes in the health of lakes to apply for a Lake Ecosystem Grant. The deadline for applications is Friday, August 4th, 2023. I sat down with senior planner Christine Woods to talk about the program.
2: My name is Christine Wentz and I'm the Senior Planner with the Township of South I support our Lake Ecosystem Advisory Committee in a number of capacities and one of them is in the Lake Ecosystem Grant Program that the Township has. The Lake Ecosystem Grant is a program that Council endorsed a few years ago and we started to give out grants in 2021 under the program. It is a program that is intended to support and encourage the preservation, the restoration, monitoring, and analysis of lake ecosystems within the township. So we take applications from nonprofit organizations in the township for projects that would support that purpose of the program. Up till now, we've had $30,000 in each year dedicated to this grant program. Some of the objectives that we're looking for in projects are to reduce or limit runoff caused by human disturbance of land, creating or increasing buffer zones along the lakes and any creeks that drain into a lake, impacting and enhancing wildlife habitat, um, and looking at monitoring and inventories of lake environments to help fill knowledge gaps. Christine also provided some examples of past projects So we've had several projects over the last two years that we have funded through the Lake Ecosystem Grant Program, and they come from a very diverse group of organizations and a lot of different projects. So some of the ones that we have been funded through the program include helping to fund the salary of an intern over the summer to do a lake stewardship plan for Dog and Cranberry Lake Association. They're also participating in the Love Your Lake program that's offered by Watersheds Canada. So some of the funding that was provided to the Lake Association was to help to analyze the work that had been done and prepare a report. And that report would be then used to actually take action on properties on the lake. And it could include education of Of landowners and also helping to do shoreline plantings. Another one that's actually been very active in the media is the Wolf Lake Association which is towards um, Westport. They received funding from the township to have a um, lead buyback program so they're created vouchers and they're working with local businesses. So people can bring in their lead fishing tackle and get a voucher to get new non-lead or lead-free tackle. Um, and then they have a big education component. So they are participating in a lot of uh, festivals and events in the area to promote their their project. Queen's University has a research station um, on Lake Upinacon in in the township or just outside of the township. And then Means, of course, is is just south of the township. So there's a lot of researchers that do work in our area, and we are providing funding to some of their research projects that have a direct impact on our lakes and on our communities. So one of the projects is a turtle nest protection and relocation program. So it involves actually building nest protection devices. Um, teaching people how to build them. And then there's also a component about um, when they find and protect the nest to move the nest to a more safe location. So if the nest were in the middle of a driveway or a gravel road, then the the eggs would be moved to a safer location where they have a greater chance of survival.
0: Once again, that was Christine Woods, Senior Planner on the Lake Ecosystem Grant Program. The deadline for applications is Friday, August 4th, and interested groups can apply at southrotnac.net slash grants. That's all for your headlines this week. And next up is Lauren Tucker with your Arts Desk.
3: Thanks, Christina. Here's your arts and culture headlines for the week. The Festival of Live Digital art starts tonight and runs in Kingston until Saturday the 10th. The focus of this year's festival is artists with disabilities and the importance of inclusivity, and it features dance performances, film screenings, performance art, and a free family silent disco event on June 10th, 2023 with live ASL interpretation. Tickets for other single events are Pay What You Wish starting at $10-20, dollars, and full festival passes are $100. Tickets and passes, as well as a full events calendar and more information on accessibility and accommodations are available at Fulda.ca. The Art of Community Tet Tuesday Exhibition is open from now until the 11th at the Tet Center for Creativity and Learning. This exhibition is a curated collection of works from artists who participated in the Tet Tuesday program throughout the year and showcases many mediums and styles of pieces from local artists. You can continue to visit for free through the end of the exhibition from 9.30-5pm to 5 PM daily. For more information, check out tetcenter.org events. Some fantastic news coming out of Kingston's local independent cinema, The Screening Room, their 2023 projector donation drive was a massive success. With the generosity of moviegoers, the cinema was able to raise over $60,000 to purchase their new projector to replace the broken one. The projector is now up and running in the Roxy Theatre, with a new sound system expected later in the summer. However, The Screening Room will continue to accept donations through the month of June for those who are inspired to contribute as a way to pay off pandemic debt. As a part of this effort, Dan Simpson of Eyebrow Cinema and projectionist Jordan Richards will be hosting the 24-hour Trash Cinema Telethon from 11 a.m. to 11 a.m. June 10th to 11th on YouTube. Dan and Jordan sat down with CFRC to chat about the event and the importance of independent cinema in the community. Take a listen.
4: So once the idea started to percolate, the idea of like, okay, what's the cinematic version of a marathon fundraiser? every other piece for how to facilitate that kind of narrowed and streamlined what the, uh, what, what it would be and what it would look like, which, uh, eventually resulted in us doing 24 hours of, uh, B movies nonstop. (laughs) It'll be 16 films in that time span. So, and B is generous. (laughs) You
1: know, if we're
4: going to give them a grade scale, I don't know if it's B, but, but we'll have like the timestamps of when, what times of the day the movies are going to be playing. And, uh, general genre descriptions uh we've got a couple monster films Mm -hmm. a couple zombie films we have at least one sci-fi epic uh the
2: last movie we're gonna show uh is a crime movie that has a really really unlikely starring actor yes so we've got some fun stuff
3: You can catch the full interview with Dan and Jordan of the Screening Room Telethon this Friday at 3pm on the Kingston Curator. Visit ScreeningRoomKingston.com for more information on the event, fundraising perks, and showtimes to see the new projector in action. The Kingston Frontenac Public Library has partnered with Joe's Mill to bring the Lending Library to the Rideau Heights branch every Wednesday from 4-6pm to from now through December. With help from a grant from the Ontario Trillium Foundation, this new borrowing program aims to help bring music home without the need to travel downtown. A Joe's Mill membership is required to borrow an instrument, which includes some documentation and a $15 service fee to establish. However, there is no cost to borrow an instrument, and the lending period is that of 28 days. For more information on the program, check out calendar.kfpl.ca, or for more on Joe's Mill, visit joesmill.org. This Friday and Saturday, June 9th and 10th, head over to the TET Center Rehearsal Hall for the 10th Annual Korean Film Festival Canada in Kingston. This year, the festival will be presenting three Korean films. Additionally, the festival will be hosting an opening roundtable on June 9th from 5.30 to 6.30 to provide a discussion platform and insights to the world of Korean cinema. For a full list of events and tickets, check out koreanfilm.ca. In local theater news, you can look out for two new productions opening this week in Kingston. Over the River and Through the Woods, a comedy by Joe DiPietro and directed by Michelle McNichol opens at the Domino Theater on June 8th, running through the 24th. Tickets are $20 for adults and $10 for children and students, plus a handling fee, and are available through the Grand Theater box office. For more information, visit dominotheater.com. And at Bottle Tree Productions, A Stitch, written and directed by Eric Rutherford, will be running from June 8th to 25th at the Bottle Tree Studio. This production features music from local musician Cacao, and tickets are just under $25 for general admission. You can visit BottleTreeInc.com for more information about this upcoming show. That's all I've got for you today on Arts Desk Listeners. Now I'll throw it over to Jesse Bell at the Sports Desk.
5: Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Jesse Bell from the CFRC Sports Desk, and this is your sports report for Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. Game 3 of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals will be played at 8 p.m. on Thursday night in Florida. The Florida Panthers look to record their first ever Stanley Cup Finals victory, but they find themselves in tough against the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas has dominated the series so far, scoring 12 total goals in two games and only giving up four, beating Florida 5-2 in Game 1 and then thrashing them 7-2 in Game 2. Moving on to the NBA, we see a much more even series between the Miami Heat and the Denver for Nuggets. Game three of that series is also set to tip off on Thursday night at 8 p.m. In local sports news, the Kingston Police serve as the sponsors for the 2023 Special Olympics Ontario School Championships. City of Kingston is planning to host over 1,000 Ontario Secondary School Student Special Olympians. These Special Olympians will be competing in a number of events, including track and field, bocce ball, floor hockey, soccer, and so much more. These events will kick off today, Wednesday, June 7th, and culminate on Friday, June 9th. This event was originally scheduled for June of 2020, but was delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We here at CFRC want to extend our warmest wishes for all these athletes. We hope they stay safe and have a great deal of fun during this two-day competition. Given the current air conditions here in the city of Kingston, I just offer a quick warning to anybody participating in outdoor sports. Please do try to limit the amount of time you spend outside and try to avoid any strenuous activity. Stay safe, be well, and we'll be with you again on Monday for your next sports report. This is Jesse Bell from the CFRC Sports Desk signing off.
4: Thank you. Good afternoon. I'm Chancellor Miracle, and this is CFRC 101.9 FM's community update. Roots and Wings is a grassroots community group aimed at Black, Indigenous, girls, trans, Two-Spirit, and gender non-conforming youth of color, aged between 8 and 14. Youth have the opportunity to make friends and build community through fun, engaging programming centered around social justice topics. Follow Roots and Wings on Instagram and Facebook for more information. Queer and trans co-working, as well as office hours with Oberg Kingston. Snacks, tea, radical coloring books, previews of their forthcoming People's History Project coloring book, and stickers will be offered by AKA Autonomous Social Center on Queen Street. Regular office hours are held Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 5 p.m., and queer and trans co-working will be held Wednesdays from 1 to 5 p.m. Care Not Cops, also known as No Cops on Campus, is hosting a strategy meeting at AKA Autonomous Social Center on Queen Street June 7th. The meeting will be from 5.30 to 7 p.m. to work on writing their mandate as well as planning future events. The meeting is open to Queens and non-Queens community members. June is National Indigenous History Month in Canada and also marks the return of the Cataraqui Indigenous Art and Food Market in Kingston running weekly from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. until September 24th in Springer Market Square. The market is the only of its kind in Ontario. Cataraqui Indigenous Art and Food Market includes 14 Indigenous artisan and food vendors primarily from the southeastern Ontario region. WC Creatives Caduce First Foods, Alyssa Barty Photography, Dream Creations, So Creative by Jen, Flint and Maple Beadwork, Indigenous Revelations, L&B Native Crafts, Four Crazy Crows, Stonecrop Farm, Teresa Brandt Studio, Miguans Creations, Niche Beach Designs, and Turtle Island Snacks and Fine Foods. The market also features live performances each week from noon till 1 p.m., The Cataraqui Indigenous Art and Food Market is coordinated by the Riel Cultural Consulting with support from Tourism Kingston and the City of Kingston. The program is funded in part by the City of Kingston in support of the creative industry strategy that positions Kingston as a destination of choice for creative industry producers and consumers. And that's all for now. Over to Christina Laurie with your campus news.
0: This is Christina Laurie coming in with your campus news for this week. St. Lawrence College marks 10 years of graduates from the Community Integration Through Cooperative Education Program. St. Lawrence College is celebrating the 10-year anniversary of students graduating from its Community Integration Through Cooperative Education Program. Alumni, family members, and current and past CICE staff are welcome to attend the Tri-Campus event on Monday, June 12th at 8.30am to 12pm on the Kingston campus. The Community Integration Through Cooperative Education program is a two-year certificate program designed for adults with developmental disabilities, intellectual disabilities, acquired brain injuries, or other significant learning challenges who wish to further their education slash vocational training in a community college setting. This program is a stellar example of how SLC and our dedicated team of faculty and staff make a true difference for our students and their families, said SLC president and CEO Glenn Fulbright. The celebration for former students, CICE staff, parents slash supports, and community partners will be a fun time to mingle and catch up. The day also includes a panel discussion with CICE students who will share their experiences in the program. And keynote address from DJ Cunningham, co-founder and CEO of LearnStyle. Developers of software and special education training programs. DJ's passion and expertise grows out of a deep personal understanding of learning disabilities as he and his brother have significant learning disabilities. His talk will focus on how he overcame many obstacles and stigma while growing up. You can head to stlaurenscollege.ca for more information and to register for this event. For Queen's summer students, there is one deadline coming up that they need to look out for on June 17th, summer term, classes, end for the May to June session. That is all for your campus news this week, and next up is Dino with weather and traffic.
6: Thanks so much. And now it's time for the CFRC weather report. Tonight, we still have widespread smoke in the area with a low, plus 12. On Thursday, we'll have mainly cloudy skies and a 30% chance of showers in the afternoon. There will be widespread smoke becoming local smoke in the morning with a high of 17. On Thursday night, there will be cloudy skies and a low of 10. Friday, cloudy with a 30% chance of showers and a high of 18. Cloudy periods that night and a low of 11. And the outlook for the weekend, cloudy skies with 30% chance of showers and a high of 20 on Saturday and Saturday night. Some showers potentially in the evening and a low plus 12. Sunday, a mix of sun and clouds and a 30% chance of showers and a high of 19 and Sunday night cloudy periods with a low plus 12. And now it's time for the City of Kingston traffic report. Motorists, cyclists, and pedestrians can anticipate road closures on Alfred Street from Brock to Johnson, Dunkirk Avenue from Alfred to Fergus, Gore Street from Ontario to King, Lower Brewers, Swing Bridge, King Street from the Tragically Hip Way to Plast Arms, Sydenham Street from Queen to Princess, University Avenue from Union to Earl, and Wright Crescent, the south intersection of Palace to Sixteen Palace. The School Streets Initiative is still in effect on McDonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham from Ordnance to Colburn, 8.40 a.m. to 9.10 a.m. and 3.20 p.m. to 3.50 p.m. weekdays until June 29th. The Play Street Initiative on Thomas Street from County to Patrick is also in effect until the end of August from 3.30 to 5.30 on Mondays. And the parking disruption at the Chow Memorial parking lot is still in effect. There is available parking at the Hanson Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial parking garages, two blocks adjacent to the east. Also, the Centre 70 public EV charging stations will be unavailable until late October due to the seasonal relocation of sleeping cabins to the site. Other road delays we expect this week, Highway 15 from Gore to Rose Abbey, Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, Hughes Road from Highway 15 to the end, Jackson Mills from 1859, Jackson to Burr Brook. King Street from George to Lower University, Old Sand Hill Road and Boundary Road from Sand Hill to South Lake, Patterson Road from Battersea to Mount Chesney, Sand Hill Road from Boundary to 358 Sand Hill, Taylor Kid Boulevard from Collins Bay to 100 metres west of the Collins Creek Bridge and Woodburn Road, Highway 15 to Joyceville. And finally, the Rideau Trail, Queen Mary 2 Parkway is still closed to replace the sanitary main, install shoring, and build a new gravel pathway. And now over to Mary McKetty with this week's events calendar.
7: Thanks so much. I'm Mary McKetty and this is your events calendar for the week. For your live music lineup this week, I'm featuring performances from Garrett Mason, Deborah Sherman, and Jennifer Brandt, as well as providing some details about YGK Craft Beer Fest. This Thursday, Juno Maple Blues Award winner Garrett Mason is live at Hotel Wolf Island, located at 1237 County Road 96. The Nova Scotia native is a true bluesman at heart, here to pull out your heartstrings on his cross-country tour. You can purchase tickets in advance for $15 at hotelwolfisland.com events, or at the door for $20. Don't forget to check Wolf Island Ferry Times at YFerry.ca. And that's wiferry.ca. Next up on Friday, Deborah Sherman hosts an album release party with special guest Bathwash from 7 to 9 p.m. at Hotel Wolf Island, located at 1237 County Road 96. Sherman is a well-established classical musician here in the city, joined by her daughter Jasmine, also known as folk pop artist Bathwash, to celebrate and play songs from their new albums. Tickets are available for $20 in advance at Eventbrite.ca, and that's e-v-e-n-t-b-r-i-t-e.ca. Kids under 12 get in for free. Make sure to check Wolf Island Ferry Times at wiferry.ca, and that's wiferry.ca, and get there early when doors open at 6.30 p.m. Coming up on Saturday, YGK Craft Beer Fest is back for the 2023 season from 12 to 8 p.m. at Fort Henry, located at 1 Fort Henry Drive. MCs Rowena Way and Tiffany Morgan lead you through a day of craft beer tasting, good food eating, and live performances from local favorites like the Codas. Ticket prices vary, so head over to forthenry.com event for more information. Happening on Sunday, Lodgepole Arts Alliance presents singer-songwriter Jennifer Brandt live from 3 to 5 p.m. for the Indigenous Artist Showcase at Hotel Wolf Island, located at 1237. County Road 96. Brandt is someone of many talents, not just as a musician, but also as an educator, artist, and farmer. She uses her work to connect to her culture, to people, and to the places around her. You can catch her show for free, but don't forget to check Wolf Island Ferry Times at wiferry.ca, and that's wifairy.ca. For more information about her show, you can visit com slash events. That's all for Live Music Lineup this week, but I've still got another event lined up for your calendar. This Saturday, Princess Street Promenade takes over the town from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. starting at Berry Street by Metro all the way down to the Ontario Street waterfront. Come and join this all-ages festival for free samples, exclusive sales, live music, fun games, and for the chance to win contests and giveaways. Your friends at CFRC will also be boothing, so make sure to stop by and say hi. More information about Princess Street Promenade is available at downtownkingston.ca. Thank you for tuning into CFRC's Local News Programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head over to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, and Approved Contractors. Visit approvedcontractors.ca today for more information on your asphalt paving needs. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. Thank mm-hmm. you.
4: This week, we invite you to check out the SkeletonParkArtsFest.ca website for a listing of all the events happening throughout the Skeleton Park Arts Festival weekend. With artists such as the Lemon Bucket Orchestra, Alex Cuba, Kyoko Ogoda, Arika, Banger's Brass, Jessica Rivera-Belsham, Princess Towers, and so many more. You can even sign up for their Friends of Skeleton Park newsletter. This year, Skeleton Park Arts Festival is running from June 21st to June 25th. Wildfires produce thick smoke which can lead to serious health issues. Smoke can carry hundreds or thousands of kilometers from the fire zone. There is no safe level of exposure to wildfire smoke. This means it can damage your health at very low levels. Even if you're not close to a fire, you can still be affected by the smoke. Everyone is at risk from wildfire smoke, but especially small children, pregnant people, elderly people people with existing lung or heart conditions, and people involved in outdoor work or sports. Here are some things you can do to stay safe. Visit Canada.ca to find out more about wildfire smoke, air quality, and your health and protecting your indoor air from outdoor pollutants. Download and share the Wildfire Smoke 101 fact sheets, wildfire smoke in your health, and using an air purifier to filter wildfire smoke. Learn how to use the Air Quality Health Index to check air quality conditions in your community. Download the WeatherCan app to get free notifications about weather events, extreme heat, and special air quality statements. This message brought to you by Health Canada.